Hi, it's Matt, and welcome to the second series of the Cult Creator Experience, a podcast designed to share with you great digital leaders, podcasting, and content creation. I'm on a mission to help you find success through content creation. In this second series, I wanted to try something a little bit different. Series one was all about my process and sharing with you what I consider when I'm making a podcast. And that got me thinking, I wonder what people consider success in content creation. So in the second series, I'm going to go out there and find other creators. I've got 10 different stories to share with you and 10 different definitions of what success looks like from their content creation. But before we get into the show, can I just ask quickly that you hit the subscribe or follow button on your podcasting app of choice so that you can keep up with all of these incredible tales of success through content and podcasting. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. In this episode of The Creator Experience, we are joined by Melissa Del Toro Schaffner. She's the co-creator and producer of Untold Tales, a sci-fi audio drama podcast. Now, this is a story of determination. Because as a kid, Melissa dreamed of working for Disney and becoming a voice actor. And she went on to become a very successful electrical engineer, right? Okay. But she always dreamed of following this voice acting career. And after a pivotal moment in her life, she decided, screw it, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to do this. And this is where she moved into audiobooks at first, where she came across the great creator and her co-producer, sci-fi author, Dr. J.A. Robinson. And after several rejections from the good doctor, she convinced him to try and start a podcast. And it was a good idea because it has gone on to receive high praise and is now showcasing other emerging sci-fi authors. In this episode, we cover a lot. We share how Melissa uses her podcast to share her own talent as a voice actor, as well as other creative storytellers. We talk about how she planned for the long game with podcasting, giving herself at least a year to grow an audience and build a back catalogue of binge-worthy podcasts. And we discuss why quality and consistency of content is key to success. Melissa keeps this right at the forefront of all of her content, consistency and quality. And she works incredibly hard and it shows massively in her podcast. Let's get into the show. Melissa, thank you so much for joining me today. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on The Creator Experience. How are we? I am doing amazing. I'm fighting off some allergies here in Arizona, uh, in the USA, so (laughs) I'm feeling really good right now. So that's good. Feeling really good right now, fighting off the allergies. That's great. Well, I'd like to jump straight in and ask you to introduce yourself and your podcast, please. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you everyone for listening. My name is Melissa Del Toro Schaffner, and I am a voice actor, and I am the co-creator of a sci-fi short story podcast called Untold Tales. There's like a million podcasts out there (laughs) called Untold Tales, Um, but ours is a short story sci-fi podcast, and I also produce that podcast, so I'll be talking about that today. (laughs) Amazing. Could you share your journey up to the point of, I think I'm going to create a podcast? Hmm. Wow. Okay, so how far do we go back? 
<laughs> as far as you need to go back. If you've been thinking about podcasts for 10 years, let's not go day by day. But, um, you know, if it's there and it's been 10 years in the making, tell me about it. That's what That's I want to so know. Funny. Well, what has been 10 years in the making um, was my voice acting career. So I... I began life a little Puerto Rican girl in a Jewish neighborhood <laughs> in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's where I grew up. And um, I went to school for electrical engineering. So I graduated with an electrical engineering degree. I went on to get my MBA and pile on, you know, all the education like like good kids are supposed to do in our society. Yeah. And um, I went into the construction industry. I lived all around the country here in the United States. I've traveled all around the world. Um, but I always had in my heart that I wanted to be a voice actor. It, like, hmm. pestered me for 20 years. And, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I thought, how am I going to do that? I don't live in L.A. or New York City. So hmm. I just tucked it away and said, you can't make money doing that. And I'm not moving there. So the end. But it kept pestering me and it kept pestering me. So finally, um, I guess it would be uh, four years ago, my father passed away here in Arizona. So my husband, daughter, and I moved here in the last months of his life. And that's when I started my voice acting career, which I promise you does lead to the podcasting <laughs> part. I'm with you all the way. Keep going. <laughs> so I began that and I, you know, I, I had my business at that point for a few years, but I wasn't making any money and I wasn't finding any traction. I didn't know what I wanted to do as a business. I just knew that I didn't want to miss my daughter's life. I didn't want to mm. go to a, to a, you know, commute to a building where I sat for 10 hours a day and came home late and, you know, served cold pizza for dinner, whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> I know, right? That's like a story I told myself. But I realized I've had this idea of voice acting forever. Why don't I just do it? You know, if if I'm going to do something and, you know, at that point I'm in my 40s, why don't I just do that? So I started voice acting. Maybe now it's four years ago. I don't know when you'll be listening to this podcast, but um, 2019, around there. Mm -hmm. And I started doing audiobooks. So that's the entrance into voice acting, audiobooks. And then I gave a presentation at a local writer's meetup to find audiobook clients and that's when I met the co-creator of my podcast. Now, you know, as we were talking, Matt, is that this is a very rare find. And when I met him, he had like like six books published on Amazon. And I was like, do you need audiobooks? And, you know, audiobooks are expensive to produce. So he was like, no, because mm. he's retired, a retired man with, you know, a family and grandkids. He said, no, I'm not into that. So I said, okay. So I wouldn't leave it alone. <laughs> I would not leave it alone. I went home. I think about it. I think about it. I said, what about, what about if we made a podcast and just took snippets of your stories because they're brilliant and mm. just give people a taste of what they could buy, you know, like a marketing tool. Yeah. And I presented it to him and then he said no. <laughs> and I said... <laughs> Uh, I don't think you understand what it is I'm trying to do. And then COVID hit. And so since everybody was, you know, relegated to the indoors and my studio, my husband built out my studio and, you know, everybody was knocked on their, on their keister for a minute. I called him again and I said, why don't we just, you know, make a few episodes and upload them on Anchor and let's just see where it goes. So he was like, 
Okay. <laughs> and then Persistent. he got the vision. Yeah, exactly. So that's, I think you always need that second person to help you see outside of yourself. But then he had a vision of creating a podcast that people could listen to in the downtimes. It was high quality, but short stories, not overproduced, not a cast of 10 voice actors, just, you know, a man and his pen and a voice, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, and then the podcast was born. Amazing. So I want to go back to the, the voice acting. You, you went into electrical engineering, you highly qualified electrical engineer, but what was it for 20 years that sort of niggled in your mind, I want to be a voice actor? Did, did something inspire you as a kid or? Well, I guess, see, I thought that it was just a normal part of childhood making funny voices. And I played Barbies. My Barbies all had specific accents and voices and names and Brilliant. bloodlines and people they could and couldn't date. You know, this very telenovela style, uh, very dramatic style that I always, you know, sort of like denied about myself that I'm not dramatic. Like that's mm. offensive to say somebody is dramatic, but I was very dramatic. <laughs> and um, then I saw a movie called A Bug's Life in the 90s. I, I don't know if you remember that movie, but yeah, yeah, that movie there was something about it that was so very different at the time. Now we look back and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, there's so many movies like that. But at the time, there was nothing really like that. And it just made voice acting so accessible to me. Like, wow, I can picture myself being one of those characters, you know. And it was the first time I, I really enjoyed, like, the idea of using your voice for a living, performing, but not acting mm. on a stage, acting as something completely weird, like a bug, you know? Yeah. And do you think that was a safety net, not having to be on stage and to present oh, the yeah. character, right? Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Voice actors love that we can work, you know, with no shoes and no makeup and we can become men, women, children, aliens. We can do whatever we want and we don't have to live in LA or New York to do it. Yeah. So let's come back to the podcast so we've got this voice acting. You've been doing the voice acting. Have you done any other podcasts? Or was this your first podcast? This was my first podcast. Uh, I wasn't worried about failing because you just do it and keep improving. I've I've never really worried about failing. I just do stuff. Mm. <laughs> I don't I don't just overthink do it. Yeah, it. Yeah. I just I just do it. And if it sucks, it's like whatever, I'll just do better the next time. Had you considered uh like a solo show or an interview show, other formats of podcasting? Had you considered doing any podcast? Was it on your radar just to get one done? It I had not, no. I had not considered doing any podcast. The reason why I started one is because the world of voice acting has gotten very crowded and it's very competitive and when you're auditioning for different roles of commercials or animated characters, it's like a 99% fail rate or not selected rate, if you want to use more positive yeah, yeah. words. And I didn't want to be rejected. I wanted to find a place where I could perform and always, it's always yes. It's always yes and. It's always upwards and onwards and yes, you're good enough right now. You don't need any more training. You don't need any more, you know, just keep moving forward. And that's what the podcast gave me is just a playground, you know, to to grow and to demonstrate what, what I could do without being told no. 
<laughs> yeah, and that's the advantage of a podcast is there are no rules. It's a bit of the Wild West out there. It yeah. can be anything. It could be video. Yep. It could be just audio. It can be five minutes. It could be 55 minutes. Exactly. It really doesn't matter. And you've yep. got that control in that eco space that you've built. Yep, that's exactly right. And and also, as a voice actor, it really helped to know that audio quality matters. And especially as a consumer of podcasts, I listen to a lot of children's sleep podcasts because I have a five-year-old. And there's so many bad ones out there that have like, it's a sleep podcast, but then they choose music that's like, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're waking my kid up, stop. Yeah, the basic principles of why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. And is what you're doing relevant for that? Yes. Which I think nicely brings us on to you found this unique opportunity. You've got an incredible author writing fantastical stories. You were hungry to make this content yes. as a podcast or as an audiobook. Did you discuss like who the audience was? No. And I'm actually surprised who our audience is because, and I don't know why it's this way, but our audience is pri primarily female. And for a science fiction podcast, I think that mm. that's kind of funny because I'm part of science fiction groups, you know, Facebook groups, and they're 80% male. Yeah. So I don't know if it's my, if it's that I'm a female, but I'm reading all male written stories. So I find it very interesting that my listening audience is female. They're also 45 years old and older, and mostly like past 60. Wow. Yeah. So this, yeah, this doesn't yeah that doesn't normally tally up with your sort of sci-fi genre at all. Yeah. Did you go and find that audience, or did they come to you? I found them. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, Matt. Like, in this space, your friends and family are going to be your first adopters, and maybe they'll listen to one episode or maybe every other one for maybe 30 seconds, you know, like, oh, that's very good, honey. You did great. You have to start somewhere, and you can't worry about who it's going to be for because as you do it, it unfolds of who's connecting with the material. So... Um, I was surprised by our audience, but now I think it makes sense. But I'd like to reach younger people. I'd like to reach more men. Uh, mm. And I think it's just a matter of getting visibility. So. so you're not thinking that the content needs to change. You just think it needs a little bit of a marketing push or a discussion in different groups to grow that way. Yeah, you know, one of the things I know that you had asked me when we were talking about this episode is, who is this for and how do you build your audience? And when you build your audience word of mouth, you don't really have that luxury until you get on a platform where people can come to you that are strangers and say, I like your stuff. Mm. You know, I, I feel like strangers that don't know me that would listen and say, well, I really like your stuff or I really like the writing. That's more important to me. But our podcast is in season three now and we're up to 60 episodes so I think we're still building critical mass for a binge-worthy type of situation. Yeah, that's an interesting point because they're sort of 20 to 30 minutes. They do offer that binge-worthy and they're, they're sort of self-contained, aren't they, most episodes? So you don't have to follow a narrative across many episodes or feel like you've missed one. We did have, in the beginning, when we started the podcast, we just... Any story that Jeff wrote, we would just put it on there. And if it, and usually if it was too long or it broke the promise of the podcast, which is, you know, bite-sized stories, if it broke mm. the promise and it became like a 45-minute story, 
we would split it up into like two or three episodes. The problem with that is that some of the episodes were getting like the middle episode or the last episode was getting higher listenership than one before. And oh, really? I don't, I don't understand how you could even un- know what the, what's going on in the story by listening to the end of it. Um, you know? Yeah. So That is surreal. Yeah, okay. Surreal is a great word for it. Yeah. So when you started this, you said you weren't afraid of failing. But what, did, what would you determine as a success? What was going to be successful for you? Honestly, it was just being consistent. That was going to be success for me because it's it's easy. The concept of podcast fade, where you're really, really enthusiastic, mm. and then after you know twelve months, you're like, yeah, this this is too much work, and you know, I'm I'm screaming out into the void, and there's no no one listening. I'm done. For me, it's just like just keep going. That's success in anything that you do. Finish your degree. Finish the project. Finish that project in your house that's sitting half done, finish the dishes, you know, finish something. And and for for me, finishing off the month and meeting our promise of, you know, two new episodes every every first of the month, for me, that's success because then I know people can depend on me if they, you know, are waiting for content. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the content. Yeah. So can you talk me through your process? So how much kind of planning goes into it, into your production, and then your post-production side of things? How long does it take and how do you do it? (laughs) Really, if I... You're laughing. It takes a long time, does it? (laughs) If I quantified it, I'd scare everyone away. Um, Do. Come on. I will will scare you. (laughs) So in the beginning... Before we did anything, before we recorded anything, we sat down as Jeff and I sat down and we took what stories we had and then we sort of said, okay, now uh, we're going to do this many episodes per month. And then since we're writing original stories as we speak, it's not like we're going to an archive at the library and just picking a bunch of books and reading them to you. We're actually writing the stories. And to write a good story as a writer it's a lot of work. So if I didn't have him, I'd have nothing. So to him, I am grateful because his brain, if you ever get a chance to, you know, come to one of our meetups or something, his brain is just so brilliant, just churning out stories and stories. And I don't know how he does it, but he's very rare indeed. But planning the stories, we'll sit down and plan 12 months of stories. And then he'll go out there and he'll. we have an open call for submissions for short story writers. So he'll read thousands and thousands of submissions of stories to find ones that he feels are quality enough to put on the podcast. Plus he's writing, plus he has grandkids. So he's busy feeding that material to me. We sit down, we talk about it, and then I begin to answer your question, yeah. <laughs> which is... Yeah, which is the production. So now I have a list of all the stories that I'm going to be narrating. If there are any accents that I don't know or characters I don't understand, I have to clarify them. Or Sometimes I hire a coach to help me with dialect wow. or characters. Sometimes, you know, I'll hire a coach and we'll sit down and I have a couple episodes where I needed to do a British accent. I needed to do a Egyptian accent. I needed to do Indian accent and... Look at me. I'm like a Puerto Rican white appearing girl, you know, like I I'm not an Indian man, but you know, to do justice no. to these characters and since our podcast is global, I don't want 
anyone to ever shut it off because they feel offended by my interpretation of a character. So I'm thinking about that as well as reading it, as well as then I record it, which the recording takes about two hours for every hour recorded. So you can break that down. It takes, And then mm-hmm. I master and edit it and do all the editing. So I do all the editing right now because we're not monetizing it. We're just keeping it nice and free for people. And then I have to do the uploads to Anchor. I have to do the show notes. And typically the show notes are links to, you know, the writer's websites and different things that we're talking about. And then I do the headliners for social media. So it's a lot. I mean, I really don't know how many hours goes into it. I have to look for sound effects, music, which usually takes hours and hours for each episode just to find the right sound effects and music to put behind the narration that I've done and edited. Mm. So um, It's a real passion project. I mean, <laughs> you've got no monetization strategy. You've got a retired author like who's pretty much on this a lot, like a part-time role for him. And then you're going to study, research, and develop characters, get all that recorded, and then in post, you're looking for sound design, sound effects, music, adding that all together. Yeah. Why did, uh, let's go back. I want to go back to, to more back to the personal because that's <laughs> so much work. But it is, it's so much work. And I think people listening might be umming and ahhing like, oh, is a podcast for me. I, I love the fact that you said you're 12 months. You gave yourself 12 months. And I think that is legitimately as long as you should give because I think six months is far too short for a podcast for you to even to get to know your audience. Yeah. But you've done this now for how long? Three years. Three years. All for free. Yeah. Let's go back to that big question. Why are you doing all of this work for free? (laughs) Because the body of work is important to me. Because time is my only asset, really. If I didn't start when I did, then I wouldn't have what I have. And uh, to be honest with you, we are able to expose other writers, brilliant writers in the process of this. So I get to highlight other brilliant people who also do a lot of work and maybe not seen, they're not visible. I use it as a marketing tool. So if I run into an audio, you know, author that wants to do an audiobook, I can so easily point them to this podcast, which I've spent so much time and say, here, here's some examples of characters. Um, here's this episode yeah. I did that's similar to your book. We have Westerns and we have uh, uh, Victorian sci-fis and we have all kinds of different genres. So it's really easy to point clients to my podcast and say, hey, this is what I can do. Do you love it? And I'm actually narrating a trilogy, a sci-fi trilogy right now for a best-selling author, which is on the down low, <laughs> because of the podcast, you know? Yeah, that's incredible. So, I mean, what better way to spend? You're going to spend your time marketing anyway. And if you don't have something to point people to, it's really hard for them to understand what you can do. Yeah, and that goes back to your point earlier where you've got that free reign to just create something. Yeah. You know, you don't have gig after gig to upload to your website to be like, hey, I've done all of these things. You can just give people whatever you want to give people so they can get to learn about you and your purpose so much quicker, I think, is the easiest way. And I don't have to ask anyone for permission. And I mean, we have to ask the people we put their stories, we ask their permission to put it on the podcast, you know, just for free, basically, 
just as a marketing mm. tool or advertisement leading back to their writings, other writings that you can purchase. But sometimes as voice actors, we do commercials or we do material that belongs to other people. And mm. we have to ask permission to use it on our website because sometimes maybe they want to be private and they don't want people knowing who is voicing their campaigns. So this way, I could do whatever I want, you know? Yeah, no, I've suffered with that. I was in television for the last 15 years. I still mix TV programs now. Yeah. And because you, the channel don't want the show to be sort of leaked or shared, or yes. it's very rare that, well, for a large part of it, I couldn't upload anything to my website because right. I was either employed by someone else and they didn't want that to be shared or it was such a going around the houses to get the rights or the clearance from someone to let me put a 30-second promo up. It was just, you just put it on a credit list and hope that someone asks. Exactly. Again, an opportunity to be said no to. And you want yes. Mm. You want yes. Yes feels good. Yes and feels amazing. And you're always good enough. It's just that other people have, you know, um, motivations for what they're yeah. for what they're creating so sometimes that's not in line with your own business so whenever you're a content creator you get yes all the time to whatever you want to produce and then the people that vibrate you know that 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 resonate with your work becomes your yeah. audience and it's great yeah I think I found that in traditional media that it's an instinctive knee-jerk reaction you ask someone for something and they say no because yeah. it's a bit dog eat dog. Whereas the reason I've moved more towards podcasting is to meet fantastic people like you. And actually the space is a little bit more collaborative, I think is the, the best way to put it. Like yes. there is no competition. We all want to create. And if we can all help each other create better, easier, faster, why not? Why wouldn't we? Exactly, um, exactly. And I love the the part about the young authors or authors that haven't quite been discovered. How do you go about... Um, permission to use their story uh, because podcast is an archival medium it's going to be out there forever right 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 well right now we uh, we have a contract that author signed that gives us audio rights for one year to you know a 20 minute story so if for some reason they felt like they didn't want it there anymore they could pull it we would probably just put something else up or i'm not quite sure because we haven't had any authors participating in the podcast that don't want it up forever <laughs> yeah well i'm just thinking someone's got an idea the podcast a lot of podcasts have become tv shows dirty yeah. john and uh, homecoming was another big one yeah um if a short story of yours inspired someone in hollywood and they wanted to buy the rights to that. Um, hey, I won't complain. <laughs> you won't buy it. But not it's not your story. <laughs> but you've, I, you've given someone that promo, so. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's free, it's free visibility as far as I'm concerned. We actually produced a story by Victoria Wick, who is a celebrity. She is uh, on Shop, I think Shop HQ. She has a very famous high-dollar uh, jewelry line. And she took a stab at writing sci-fi and it was brilliant. And she wrote a novel. She shopped it out to like every uh, publishing house. I'm pretty sure she's in, in the works with somebody at this point. You know, that's always confidential. But she, get, she asked the publishing houses if it was okay if she took a tiny, a tiny taste of her book and put it on our podcast. Shattered Sky is, I've, I don't know what episode, but Shattered Sky. But it was in the beginning and... It's great because, you know, yeah. 
she gets some some traffic from that whenever people listen they oh i didn't i didn't know she wrote sci-fi you know yeah so you published the podcast to anchor yes was that just because it's a free plan operation and Yes, I was recommended Anchor by a couple of different people who had podcasts. I was told it was easy, it was free, and easy and free works for me. <laughs> yeah. Have you found it easy and free? It is easy and free. Uh, I really right. enjoy it. They Anchor just added a video component that I haven't really explored yet, but they've added a video mm-hmm. component to their podcasting. The, the one thing that I have not found on that podcasting platform is the ability to to build community. And the community is so important, you know, for fans, any fans. And so so we are in the works to create a YouTube channel so that so that we can interact with the people listening uh, because usually when people leave reviews, they can only leave it once. There's not really a way to comment on each episode or ask questions. Um, and we want those questions. We want that interaction. Mm. And did you not find that... Um can you not create a community on Podchaser or something like that? We we do have we do have uh, um, we have claimed our podcast on Podchaser. I have a Patreon community um, that okay. for the podcast, but with COVID having hit a lot, I think a lot of people are very careful where they spend their membership money. You know, for mm. membership sites, so I haven't been very, very aggressive with that. Plus, I'm a mom of a five year old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's only so many things you can do. Yeah. yeah, and I have clients that I adore that I do. You know, uh, audiobook editing work and you know different voice um, voiceover work for clients and event announcements and and different things that I do for clients regularly. So yeah. um, I have to be very judicious with where I choose to spend my time and the promises I choose to um, make to people. Yeah. Yeah, so I haven't been pushing the Patreon community, except, you know, if it if it did grow and people were in demand of it, I would certainly, you know, release one thing and, and, uh, and put more emphasis on it. Yeah, I think that's... Um... It's often something that's brought up that Patreon or building a, a bonus material kind of community where people are just super fans. They all take whatever you've got, whether it's a screenshot of the script or some behind the scenes. They just love to be part of that journey of you creating it. But that is more work, right? There's so many podcasts out there that have found success that would live stream this podcast right now. They would just live stream it. It would go to YouTube. It would go out. Done. Podcast done. But with what you're doing, it takes a little bit more work. Yeah, for sure. Which brings me on to, you said you use Headliner to create your promos. Yes. Where are those promos going? Have you got specific social media platforms you use? Yeah, well, right now, Instagram, the Untold Tales Mm -hmm. podcast is on Instagram. That's where I put all of the headliners. I don't put them on LinkedIn because I feel like it's not really an entertainment platform, although if if I'm very sure. proud of an accent I've mastered, <laughs> I might put it on LinkedIn. <laughs> it makes sense then, yeah. You know, um, but purely for entertainment purposes, right now it's Instagram. And then, of course, at some point we'll be putting together a YouTube channel. And I know how powerful the, you know, the YouTube platform is because my daughter is five and she knows every yeah. YouTuber. She <laughs> buys all the merch, you know, so... Yeah, it is powerful, isn't it? It's very powerful. Have you not, Facebook not on your radar at all? Yes, we have a Facebook page for Untold Tales. Right now, it just, the author, Jeff, will reshare 
stuff from mm-hmm. my feed on Facebook when I put it, you know, on my personal wall. So it's not, that strategy is not very um, robust. So I, I wouldn't recommend anybody to follow our strategy on, on Facebook. But ironically enough, our audience is, you know, 45 to 60 plus, And that is a very big demographic on Facebook. We're probably, yeah. we, we ran an ad on Facebook just to test, just, you know, just to test it out. Um, surprisingly, the Facebook ad drew men, not women. So it's kind of funny that it took the other side of the demographic yeah. that we were trying to capture. But we didn't really see a whole lot of flow through on listens, you know, an uptick in listens because of that ad. So, mm-hmm. um, how long did you run the ad for? Um, I think like, two did weeks. You, just two weeks. Okay. Yeah, just two weeks. I mean, like we were just testing. We were just testing to see. You know, but you know, it's funny because whenever images of aliens for some reason attract men and not women, I think women are like, "Ew, gross." <laughs> yeah, but, I get that response. From, maybe I look like an alien. <laughs> Ew, gross. <laughs> uh, make, yeah, I hear that a lot, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I think if people are going to do Facebook ads, one, it takes a while, if I'm honest. I think you need to spend a little over a long period so that it can, the algorithm can sort of learn the audience. Yeah. And then you can refine that spend down to target the audience that are clicking, basically, and then you capitalize on that. And honestly, because... Because we were in the infancy of knowing what the heck we were doing, <laughs> we don't want to drive traffic to something that we don't feel is mature. So I participate in a lot of podcast, like PodFest and all kinds of different podcasting mm. uh, programs. Um, Steve Olsher offers a podcast domination program every year and different things. So I've participated in a lot of extra investments in my own knowledge. And um, it takes on average, you know, two to three years to get some kind of good traction. So if you give up too early in the game, not everybody gets, you know, 100,000 downloads in their first six months. No, I think that's a big misconception. There's big people like Tim Ferriss. He was an author before. Yeah. He brought the audience with him. A lot of these celebrities, Joe Rogan, had an audience. Yep. Brought it with him. You know, yep. uh, people that are creating podcasts, especially your podcast, uh, your podcast style of fiction, essentially, takes a while for people to learn about it because they're not, you don't know, you don't look for it. Right. Do you? I mean, exactly. that's the interesting thing about fiction. Yep. You don't look for it. It's called, it's technically called an audio drama. And there's a lot of them. There's a ton. If you look for audio drama, there's a ton of them. I I have been looking for others to partner with or, you know, to kind of like collaboration. Like you said, the podcast world is, the No Sleep podcast is very different than our podcast. Um, it's very famous, doing very well. You know, there's Serial was another podcast everybody was into that's, you know, stories. But a lot of those Podcasts have a, a team of people with a sound effect, sound engineer, and and a, a cast of actors, and you know, and I'm just a mom of a five year old, so like, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm gonna yeah. go for I'm gonna go for maximum benefit with as little resources and bells and whistles as needed to tell a simple story for an intermediate short period of time. So that's kind of where I fill the gap. Yeah. Well, how do you think uh, with a book, you can pick a book up and you can judge it by its cover? And I'm not supposed to. But with an audio drama, how do people 
do you do you put out trailers or how do you give people enough that they know they want to keep listening? Well, I mean, the headliners, I hope people listen to them and don't just scroll past them. Um, it's possible <laughs> that they do. But usually I'll I'll pick snippets that are quite interesting in the story that, you know, some strange shift in voices that I'll do, you know, like if I start going like this or, you know, like something like that, then I'll like <laughs> pick that because it's weird. To get people to listen, mostly it's just word of mouth. Like, you know, people mm. say, I mean, if you read the reviews on, on Apple iTunes, there's not too many of them, but the ones that are there, like we have a solid five star, like nobody has said, don't waste your time. This podcast isn't what it says. We are what we say we are. Like we legit yeah. put the time into it to make sure because my tagline is you'll love what you hear. That's and that's a pretty big claim to make for somebody who, you know, hasn't been doing this her whole life, who, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of time to throw at it and a and a big team. But really it's my heart that mm. that I'm giving when I'm performing these stories. And it's the relationships with the authors and their hearts of telling these stories. Yeah, that real connection. Yeah. And for those listening, how would you determine the difference between an audiobook and an audio drama podcast? Well, um, if you don't get a code, you have to pay for an audiobook <laughs> or you have to pay a subscription for an audiobook. Um, I would say the big difference is if you don't have an attention span, an audio mm. drama would be for you. <laughs> because an audiobook, you have to pay attention to the story for a long period of time and you have to follow it. Mm. When I lived in New York City, I commuted at one point two hours each way to JFK Airport for my job. Two hours each way. I took like three yeah. buses, two subways. It was crazy. Jeez. But I would listen to audiobooks, which was great. But I would get lost in which audiobook I was listening to, where I was, what was happening. I'd have to rewind, you know, oh, I, I fell asleep. With this podcast, each episode is so short that mm. you basically can wash the dishes and listen to a whole episode. You can, you know, vacuum or you can fold the laundry and listen to it. These are all domestic things, but you could be waiting at parent pickup. You could be at the veterinarian, you know, waiting for your dog yeah. to get seen. It, they're short enough that even people with a cognitive issue that couldn't pay attention for, for a long period of time to an audiobook, they can listen to the audio drama podcast. Yeah. And there's always the benefit of it's not a big deal restarting one because it's yeah, exactly. never that far away from the beginning, which is exactly. kind of it's like a safety net, isn't it? They say don't do a YouTube video over 13 minutes because people will be like, oh, over 13 minutes is a bit of a commitment. 14 is too much. Unless you're targeting five-year-olds and then you can do well, an five -year -olds hour long. Just <laughs> yeah, just loop it forever. Slow television for kids. They love it. Just on, touching on your show, just before I sort of wrap up the podcast, this has been yeah. a fantastic insight into uh, a real passion project by the sounds of things. And I, I love it. I've listened to a few now. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, I love the, the references to myth and legend that are just sort of, there's this, they're in their own story. But they just just those topical sort of reference points, whether it be referring to religion or a yes. time and a place or something of that nature. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Is there something you wish you had in your podcast that you don't currently? More women writers. I want to hear the women tell the stories. Women, it's not better or worse or indifferent. It's just women tell stories differently than men. A lot of the main characters in the stories on Untold Tales are men. 
that's because the writers write from a male point of view. They have, you know, and that's sure. and I love it. I would love to have more female protagonists, some female villains, you know, some mm. so that I can really exercise my my range. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, this has been awesome. Let's jump into my show ritual questions. I've added two more just to throw you off because I did oh, no. warn you what these were going to be. <laughs> and I've added two more Aye. just because I can. Yes. That's my podcast. Yes. So the first one, I want to ask, what is the hardest part about podcasting? Being open to learning the tech because it's scary. Okay. So I'm an electrical engineer, so I accept tech like, you know, like drinking a glass of water. I'm like, okay, I guess I have to learn CAD. Okay, I guess yeah. I have to learn Anchor. I have to learn, I have to learn Adobe Audition. Okay, well... But whenever you have a technical education and a mind, you can just apply the basic lessons to everything. I, there's nothing technical you could ask me to do that I wouldn't be like, okay, I guess I'm learning how to, how to do Adobe Premiere today or whatever. Yeah. But I cry a lot when I have to learn stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and you will see, you, if you sat in my office, you would see me crying a lot, trying to figure out like, I don't know how to do this. I don't even know who to ask how to do this. I want to, you know, like, I'm going to make myself yeah. cry if I keep doing that. So sorry. That's one of my <laughs> good actress. Straight into it. Yeah. <laughs> Come back to um, me. <laughs> okay, reset. It's not hard now. I'm doing this podcast. Yeah, okay. Not okay. <laughs> okay this isn't yours to worry about. <laughs> Recentering. Recentering. Um, but yeah, uh, ask me another question. Sure. I would love to know what podcasts inspire you. Mm. Well, I, I remember Serial was, was a big one. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, what podcasts, I spend so much pr time producing. I spend so little time listening to anything. This is why I've added this question. It's a new question because mm -hmm. I realized the other day that I produce a lot of audio content. Yeah. I'm in this studio all the time. I don't know what it looks like out there. Yeah. And I don't listen to enough new podcasts or I'm not sure where to give my attention because yeah. there's so much. Well, uh, so I'm asking people like yourself. You know, I have a need. I have a need. I don't have a need for what I'm doing necessarily, although I like to hear myself talk or else I wouldn't be in a, you know, in a booth by myself yeah. all day. But... I have a need for sleep podcast for my daughter because I don't really like giving her drugs like, you know, gummies mm. to sleep. I don't like having to give her gummies for her to fall asleep. And sometimes she has a hard time falling asleep because she's like all amped up on whatever. Podcasts, sleep podcasts are great. And we just found, I don't, I don't really necessarily want to plug, but there's two podcasts mm. we found that we really like. Actually, three. Headspace is great for putting you to sleep like that without drugs. Mm. Coco Sleep is a brand new podcast we just found. She, it's a woman in England. She has a, a, a podcast. Um, Storyberries. I have narrated some stories on Storyberries, which is actually how I acquired my Australian audience. I firmly believe that that's how Australians found me, is through Storyberries, because she's Australian. But I need that. And, and one of the big deal breakers for me is, number one, if you wake my kid up during your podcast, you're done. <laughs> if you if your audio quality is terrible like i'm hearing a lot of wet mouth noises like if i'm yeah. hearing that 
you're done because that's disgusting. Bit too ASMR-y. We don't need that. No. Yeah. Well, the, the Coco Sleep, she uses it intentionally. So she actually is brilliant because she uses the clicking later in her thing. And it's just, it's it's like getting a massage. It's, it's so relaxing. It's an art form, isn't it? Done right. Yeah. Yes, it's an art form. She's brilliant at it. But then the audio quality, the performance, the stories, the quality of the podcast has to be like spot on or else I just shut it off. Like I don't want to hear errors. I don't want to hear background noises. I don't want to hear page turns. I don't want to hear you blowing your nose. I don't want to hear those things. So there is a level of professionalism that I feel like needs to be in a podcast to separate it, you know, into, into one that can be really successful. That I would you can consume. hear that in your own standards. Your your podcast has yeah. a great high standard and it's great that that reflects in what you want to listen to. Yeah. Um, those are the values. It's in, let's go, who holds you accountable for your podcast? Me. Me, 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 and me, and me, and me, and always me. <laughs> how, do, how do you keep you accountable? How do you keep yourself from sort of saying, I'm going to take six weeks off just because I need a break or I'm going to make this episode a little bit shorter because what keeps those standards so high? I feel I feel like integrity is something that's missing in the world of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And integrity is very important to me because it means that I can trust that person and trust is a very important to me. So it's important to me to fulfill the promises that I make to my clients, to anybody I make a promise to, my husband, whoever, my daughter. And so, yeah, Yeah. I'm accountable because that's the kind of person that I want to show up as in the world. And and I want to make, I want to be the hero in my life story. And part of being a hero is doing the hard work, showing up, being an example, even when you don't want to be one and follow through and all that good stuff. And, you know, like communication, it's just who I want to show up as in the world. That's incredible. That's awesome. Good answer. Yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Real answer. Real answer. Well, yeah, I like it. Uh, and I want another one now. Um, okay. What small change have you made that's made the biggest difference to your podcast? Well, I mean, I've gotten better since I started. So there's a lot of different things. It's kind of like death by paper cuts, right? A lot of little things will will make up to the the big thing. But yeah. being a better editor, I can edit so much faster now than I mean. I have like the shortcuts. I have the shortcuts in audition, so I go done, 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 like that. Um, so you know, getting faster at the tech helps. Planning, pre-planning helps. So I don't have to go chasing people and wait three weeks for an email for the story that I need to do tomorrow. So planning yeah. is big. I I have the story 30 days in advance. So if my daughter gets a stomach flu like she just did this past week, ain't no thing because I have it. I was working on it. No problem. Um, got that time. Just having the intention of just wanting to be successful, you know, like yeah. just the intention of just like, I want this to work mm. is is a big part of a shift. What advice would you give someone that's new to content creation? Don't don't feel like you have to be married to anything with content. If you hate it and you don't want to do it anymore, don't. Because nobody wants to hear you producing stuff you hate. So, if you don't want to do it anymore, just release it release it lovingly like Marie Kondo, you know. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> 
and move on with your life and do something that makes you happy. Because, you know, I spent a long time in a career that made me unhappy and I was making a lot of money and like, it's diff- It's like the exact opposite now. But the longer that we pour ourselves into something that does make us happy, other people are going to feel that and th- and you're just going to be successful. You just, you have to, that's just the way that it works. No, that's interesting as well. When we came from, we started about the consistency. You need to show up, keep showing up, but you still need to be truthful and authentic. Mm-hmm. And if it's not right, it's don't okay it. for it not to be right. Don't do yeah. it. If it's not right, don't do it. Because, I mean, I see a lot of content that's being produced that's, can I say the word crap on your, on your Of course. So it's my podcast. You it's, do gar- it's garbage. That's part yeah. of that's part of my values is, is not having a crass language, just conducting myself w- without being crass. Um, but as we go on to values, what three values would you like to be known for when all is said and done? Authenticity, creativity, integrity. Yeah. Yeah, we've touched on that already. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like I want people to be able to trust me. Yeah. Yeah, and to know what they're getting is a big message I'm getting from you and your podcast. Yeah. And leadership is all about, is all, I mean, right now, the trust in leadership is just eroded through the ground in our world, the whole world. We just don't trust leaders. No. So what makes a good leader in your opinion? Well, a good leader has integrity. A good leader is not, can admit to their faults. A good leader is real. A good leader lets other people lead, lets other people mm contribute and make decisions that's right for them. And a good leader helps build some level of consensus that works for everyone, which is extremely difficult and almost never happens. But I think a good leader can rouse people around a vision and inspire them to execute it. And we just see so much cynicism in people and kids just looking around for the example that they themselves have to become because nobody's stepping up. And it's ridiculous. Why should our kids be the ones that do it? It's our responsibility. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think you are a podcasting leader. I've loved what you've done with Untold (laughs) Tales. And I really want to thank you for sharing everything today. Thank you. It's been really, it's been brilliant to get an insight into the sort of audio drama. I think you put in a massive shift of work for the love of the work and to help other people either relax, entertain, even giving those young authors or new authors a leg up as well. I think it's really powerful. Um, Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Matt. I really appreciate you and I appreciate everybody who listened today and hopefully you got one thing out of this that made your day better. Oh, there'll be more than one. Thank you. And that is the end. Thank you for listening to the Cult Creator Experience. I hope this has been helpful. If you have any questions, topics, or feedback you would like to give me, hit me up on Instagram at cult.media, K-U-L-T media. And if you need help launching your podcast, growing your podcast, or just starting your content creation journey, let me know. I'd love to give you a hand or answer any questions you might have. Head over to cult.media to book yourself a free call. We can have a little powwow about podcasting and content. And until next time, be good.